Well, that's a cheery little reading. Happy days. Oh, God, help us. I, 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 um, I looked at that this week and I thought, oh, I should have put Chris down to preach. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? In the Bible, you read stuff in the Old Testament and you think, whoa, where did that get in there? And, and how does that fit with the Jesus we know? And, and uh, you then run to the New Testament and you think, that's okay, I can, I can find safety within here. And then... You get to this little bit in the New Testament and you think, well, who put that in? What's that doing there, uh, causing such difficulty? It's quite an aggressive, angry passage, isn't it? Talking about, about division and fire and difficulty and relationships. And, uh, I, 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 actually, when reading it, I was thinking, well, <clears throat> mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter against mother-in-law. Maybe, maybe that's just reality. I don't know. Maybe that does happen sometimes. But seriously, it is quite an interesting passage, and I want to try and set it in its context and see what we can learn uh, from this today. Because I think that Jesus speaks in this way for a particular reason and uh, for um, something that we can apply to our lives today. Um, He begins, um, I've come to bring fire to the earth, and I wish that my task were already completed. What does fire do? Fire totally changes things. Uh, A fire in your fireplace changes the temperature of your room, changes the atmosphere uh, of your room. A fire in a building can destroy a building and something that would have to be rebuilt from scratch. Uh, A fire also purifies silver or gold. It purifies a metal. A fire is what make glass transparent. It's what enables us to make something from uh, uh, the the constituency, the stuff that makes up glass, the sand and things. Uh, Let's just think about the context in which Jesus is speaking here. Jesus has set his face to go towards Jerusalem. He's on a journey to Jerusalem. And he's going to Jerusalem for one reason. He's going to Jerusalem to go to the cross, to go to a place of his death, to go to a place where he knows he's got to go through something to bring new life to other people. And uh, we're in chapter 12, Luke 12, and at the beginning of Luke 12, we remind ourselves that there were thousands that gathered to hear him. And do you remember the context was that as the thousands gathered, he, he turned to his disciples and he says, look, beware of the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Beware of trying to find favor with the large crowd when actually I'm, I'm calling you to, to bring a message that is radically different, to live this uh, unique, uh, radical message of the gospel. It's a message that isn't necessarily comfortable all the time. He says, I've not come to lull you to sleep, but to establish something new on the earth. To establish something of the ways of God. And and we get to our passage this morning, and and when he talks about fire, I think he looks out and he says, look, look, he's actually making a judgment. He, He looks out at society. He looks out at the crowd before him, and he says, I've come to bring fire. Fire brings change. I've come to bring something that's going to refine society. I've come to bring something that's going to renew society. 
I've come to bring something that's going to establish again the ways of God. As I look out amongst the crowd, he's probably thinking, I see amongst myself, for myself, I see selfishness and greed and wrongdoing. I see a lot of people who might think that life is all about them, all about how it fits me and, and, and blesses me in my life. And he says, but that's not how I've demonstrated life to you. I've demonstrated a life of selflessness. I've demonstrated a life that puts others first. I've demonstrated a life that has a message at the heart of it, of the gospel of Christ. The church he established in Acts chapter 2 was a church that considered others before all things. That was lovely to hear from Alan this morning. A church that put others' needs first. A church that says, oh, I'll sacrifice something of my time and energy one day to change another person's life. One day to sow a seed of the gospel. One day to do something significant. And Jesus comes, he says, to reestablish something of the kingdom of God here on earth. And it's, it's a message, it's so radical, it will come like a fire, a purifying fire. And no doubt as he looked out amongst the crowd he could see the Pharisaic leaders, the teacher of the law, those who put this terrible burden on society. That's the context in which he's speaking. We, we, we struggle to understand that slightly today because that isn't the context in which we speak. But very much then there would have been this religious umbrella over the whole community. This is how you've got to live uh, your life. And uh, they put this terrible burden on people's lives. Um, and he didn't like this message. And he's, the illustration of fire is almost in, in that context. So I've come to undo religion. Religion has done so much damage. So much damage in the past. I fear it'll do damage in the future. But we've got to undo religion and find the purified faith, the purifying fire of faith, the radical message of Christ that says there's something greater and deeper and richer than that that, that the whole of society would see as uh, the church or a life in Christ. He'd come to release uh, something new and vibrant in and amongst the people that would help them to reconnect with their Heavenly Father. I've come with this message, he says, this purifying message, this message of fire in a sense that will change everything that it meets. He says, but I'm, I'm heading towards this thing and there's a terrible baptism ahead of me. And I'm under a heavy burden until it's accomplished. You know, baptism is an outward sign of an inner invisible reality. In baptism, what we do is we go under the water of baptism and we die to self and we rise again a new person committed to Christ. Now, of course, the Baptists, they get that right. They actually go under the water and up again. We Anglicans, we just put a little bit of water over you. You know, we just do a little sprinkle, uh, signifying it. But uh, really, it's, that's what it's about. It's about dying to self and rising to new life in Christ. It's about going under the water. I'm going to put my old life to death and rising to a new life in Christ. And Jesus is saying, I think here, I'm heading towards the cross. I'm going through the baptism, going to go through the baptism of the cross, where I'm going to die in this life, but rise again. He says that it's a terrible, a heavy burden, and it will be a heavy burden until it is accomplished. And I think he's looking here 
for people who will step out with him, who will embrace this message with him, this message of fire, this radical message of the gospel, this radical message of change that will purify society, that will bring new life to society. And he says, you can't do it on your own. You need, you need the help of God. And if we will follow Christ, embrace what he's done, then of course we will get that help through his Holy Spirit. He's looking for a passionate, committed followers who are going to say, we're up for this. We're up to set the world on fire with the light of Christ. We're up to share the message of the good news of the gospel, to invite everybody to a relationship uh, with our Heavenly Father. Look, he says, I've not come to bring peace. Do you know, if Jesus had just come to bring peace, we wouldn't know about Jesus now. Lots of people bring peace. He says, no, I've come to bring something new. Something new. Something that will, that will change society. That's why over a third of the world are believers in Christ. This incredible, vast population around the world. Over 33% believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Why? Because this is a radical message that brings change. And they found the hope that this message brings. Then it's not a message of religion. I was remembering this week when I was at theological college. That was a long, long time ago now. But we had to go through something called these, these, these particular classes that taught you about what you'd have to do when you were a vicar. And um, uh, we had to do these particular things. And, you know, they, they said, well, they, they, we introduced you. They said, well, you have to wear these robes. And every time they, they introduced something, I'd go, why? Why do we have to do that? Why do we have to... Uh, 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 introduced robes and they said you have to wear these you know. I said why do we wear robes they said so no one can see you. you you hide yourself you just become this person I said God I said if I stand at the front in a dress everybody will see me <laughs> if I walk down the road in a dress everybody will see me I said but if I walk down the road in jeans and a t-shirt I'll just be normal I mean they'll either think weird or normal I think we should think normal, you know, just because Jesus wore a dress in very hot community where men wear that sort of thing doesn't mean we have to. We have central heating, just different in this country, you know. It's like, why would we do that? Religion. It's all part of religion, actually. It's part of the established church. But it's actually not what Jesus introduced. He introduced a radical message. A message of new life, a message of new hope, a message of new beginnings. And he's looking for people here. I think he's looking out at this vast crowd. He said to his disciples, don't, don't look for the favour of everybody, but rather hold close to the message that you've got. Live this message out, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. And if you live this message out, not everybody's going to agree with you. It won't bring peace. Some people will believe it and others won't. But I'm looking for a group of people who will be committed to living this out. Looking for a group of people who will say, come on, we can do this. Come on, we can change this nation. Come on, we can take this message out. Come on, we can see people's lives change. Come on, we can change society. It needs changing, doesn't it? Something of it needs changing. He goes on, 
He says, when you see, well, he, he talks about families against one another. He says, from now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, or the other way around. There'll be a division between father and son, mother and daughter, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. That, that's reality. It just does happen, doesn't it? I, you know, you become a Christian and you live this life and, and not everybody's going to go, yay, you know, great, you become a Christian. Nobody's going to say that. Some are going to go, what are you doing? You know, I don't agree with that. I, 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 when I became a Christian, I, I tried hard to convert my parents. It was probably one of the most embarrassing times of my life. I don't like to think of it anymore, of how I just went at them. I was like, you've got to come to Jesus, you've got to come to Jesus. It's not the way to go about it. Fortunately, they, they're people of short memories, so they've forgotten how bad I was at that sort of thing. But, but, but uh, then, then when I felt called to ministry, to go and, and go into the ministry, I remember telling my mum, and uh, uh, my, my dad, oh, I told my mum and dad, my dad was silent. My mum just went, where did we go wrong, she said. <laughs> it was real, you know, real tension. My grand, she is a, she was, she's in glory now, but she was a good Catholic. And she's, I told her, and she said, what, you're joining the Protestant church, she said. And I, when I was ordained, she wouldn't even come to my ordination. She said, it's awful. Of course, when my little brother was ordained, she turned up at his, because she loves him more than me. So that was that whole thing. But the, the, it was like there's this division, you know. There's this division in the family. Now, now, the division uh, ease, eases after a while. My parents are now believers in Jesus Christ and followers of our Lord. And that, that, you know, they live their life that way. But it isn't always easy. The reality is not everybody's going to like it. And Jesus says this message is so life-changing. There's a commitment to it that people will go, I'm not sure about that. But that's what it's about. We'd have forgotten about Jesus if he didn't bring something that brought life change into people's lives. And he goes on in verse 54, he says, well, Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, look, look, when you see the clouds beginning to form in the west and you say, here comes a shower, you're, and you're right. And when the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher. And it is, he says, you hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky but you can't interpret these times. Look around you, he's saying. Look around at society. Look around you at the corruption and the moral decay. Look around you at the lack of peace that is really there. Look around you and realize that something needs to change. Something needs to change and I'm after an army of people who will walk with me to bring this change, to be part of it and seek to bring something of the life of Christ into this world. I don't know if you think it's too big a dream, but I really do think the message of Christ, the message of the gospel, the good news, that's what it stands for, the good news of God can change this world. And it's, you know, it's a message that's, that's for everybody. We're not against anybody. We're for everybody. Not everybody's going to accept it. Some people are going to go, that is not for me. But that doesn't mean God's not for them. It doesn't mean we're not for them. We're made in the image of God. There's something of God in each one of us. Something of God's image. There's something in us that cries out for something bigger and wider and more exciting. There's something in us that cries out to worship something. People have worshipped things since the beginning of time. Why is it 
that within a, a human there is this desire to worship something outside of what is there in mankind, this spiritual search. This is why we're created in the image of God. There's something in us that longs to worship. And, and when we find a faith in Jesus Christ, we find that right place for that worship. And the right place for that worship is, is of our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father, the one who holds the world in his hands. And I believe that God wants us to take this task out to change the world with this message. If we rise up together, I believe that we can see this world change. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He says, I'm going, I'm going ahead to a baptism that's going to take me into death and out again. And it's this message, this fire that will purify society, that will bring change, that is a new hope. And I'm looking for a group of committed followers who will go, I'm with you. Come on, we can do this. We can do this together. Martin Luther King, one of my heroes in life, I've got a big poster of him up in my study uh, on the wall, and I often look at it, and I, I look at it because I'm so... I stand back in awe at what that man did, Martin Luther King Jr. He saw, he saw um, uh, 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 the uh, inequality of judgment against someone because of the color of their skin, not the content of their lives. And he said, enough is enough is enough. And one man, now he had lots of others with him, but one man, and he changed the shape of the world. He began something really significant. One person who said, let's fight this. Let's say enough is enough. And, and I, it cost him. It cost him his life. But it changed a nation. It changed other nations. And that man's legacy still goes on. One man. What might we do with the message of Christ? If we look at society and we say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Let's fight for something of the kingdom of God. Let's fight for something of the ways of Christ. Let's fight for something of introducing uh, the good news of the gospel. I think Jesus in this passage calls us into action. He says, look, you can look at the clouds and predict the weather. Just have a look at society. And tell me it doesn't need changing. Of course it needs changing. And we're for people, not against people. Let's get the message right. We're not, a, we're not about going around to people and going, you're a dreadful sinner and going to hell. You're not, Robin, that's right. But, we are, you know, we're not about that. We're about going, can I, can I introduce somebody who would give you life in all its fullness? Can I introduce you to a new way of life? And it is a way of life that requires total commitment. It is a way of life that is radical. It is a way of life that will bring new life. And others won't necessarily like it. But once you get it, it changes everything about you. And it's the heart of the gospel that is found in Christ. I believe he's calling us as Christians. Don't be sleepy, he says. Be people of action. I'm sure many of you uh, with me are praying for Pastor Yosef Nadekani who was arrested in Iran. He's being held captive now. Um, they char this is the charge against him. He left Islam and became a Christian. That's the charge against him. The, 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 the uh, sentence for that, they're going to take his life. That's the sentence. They think he should die. And they say to him, if you will just recant, 
if you would just say, I will leave Christianity and return again to my Islamic faith, we will allow you to go free and live. And he's going, but I don't want to do that. I found something so worthwhile in the Christian faith that actually it's going to, if it's going to cost me my life. It's going to cost me my life. And the decision will be taken about that sometime in the middle of December. Please continue to pray for Pastor Nadikani and for his family. And there are many such people around the world standing up for their faith. This week, a pastor in Jammu and Kashmir has been arrested and accused of luring Muslims to Christianity. Just, I'd like to tell you about someone who can give you life. I'd like to tell you about something I found within me. When we've got good news, it bursts out of us, doesn't it? We want to share it. We want to let others know. We, we want to, to pass it on. And when you become a Christian, that becomes natural. The fact that it isn't, it isn't considered legal to do that in some countries. I've got this good news within me, this thing that bursts out of me, this thing that puts lifeblood in my veins. I want to share it with you. And they go, if you do that, we'll kill you. Well, that's happened again uh, in Kashmir with a pastor this week who's been arrested. An evangelist has been shot dead by a radical Muslim group in Pakistan uh, Wednesday last week. His son said this, We firmly believe that my father was killed because of his preaching of the Bible, because there's no other reason. Now, Jesus says to those listening, he says, Look at the sign of the times. Look at what the religious community are doing to others. And I think he'd say to us as well, look at the sign of the times. Look at the people around you in this world who aren't free to find and follow faith. Look at the sign of the times. Look at the amount of poverty and injustice that's around in the world today. Look at the sign of the times. Look at the huge industry of sexual exploitation and slavery. There are more slaves in the world today than there were when the abolition of slavery bill came in. Look at the sign of the times. And, 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 and I think Jesus looked at the sign of the times then and he went, come on, let's bring change. Let's do this together. Let's bring something of the good news of Christ into people's lives. And I, I would say the same today. Come on, let's bring change. And, and we can do it through sowing seeds. As Alan demonstrated there, four people, I think he said, four people change a person's life. Sow a seed. Bees and deliveries go out every Thursday evening. Furniture, uh, uh, clothing, go to different people's homes. Sow a seed. Soup kitchen on a Sunday afternoon. Sow a seed. Choices Crisis Pregnancy Centre. Sow a seed. Helping people out of debt. Sow a seed. In your office, the fact that you're the first one to make the coffee or wash up the cups or whatever it might be. Sow a seed. I hope you are. We're the ones that serve others. Why do we want to sow a seed? Why? Because we've got something of Christ living within us, burning in our hearts. That was a hint to the staff of the church. That was a hint. You might do that. We can't do it on our own, can we? We need God's help. And Jesus promises this. He says, I'll empower you by my Holy Spirit. He says, I, I won't leave you as orphans. It's a huge promise. I, I don't expect you just to believe this and do it the rest of your life on your own, but uh, believe this and I will fill you with, this, with my spirit and then I'll help you. My spirit will be with you, says my comforter. He'll equip you. He'll help you. He'll walk with you. 
And it won't always be peaceful. It will cause difficulty. The Christian life does cause difficulty. It's a message. It's a radical message. But we're to be a people full of love and passion and heart to see God's kingdom come. We're people who are for everybody. To go around bringing freedom and light and life into people's lives. We're a people who followers of Christ, who belong to his church, his family, and who live out his cause. His cause to change society more in his image. The mission of the church is to be the love of Christ in all of life's situations. The mission of the church is to evangelize others so that they come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The mission of the church is to work for social justice and social compassion for all people. So he says at the end, why can't you decide for yourselves what is right? If you're on the way to court and you meet your accuser, try to settle the matter before it reaches the judge, or you may be sentenced and handed over to an officer and thrown into jail. And if that happens, you won't be free until you've paid the last penny. This is what he's saying. I think Jesus is saying, look, I've come to live a radical life. It's a, it's a, 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 a gospel message that will bring change and hope and life to other people. He says, look at the sign of the times. And the radical message brings fire. And not everybody's going to like it. There's going to be some division. It's not just about peace. Ultimately, we'll bring peace. But sometimes to bring peace, you've got to fight through things. He says, and it will bring division. Not everybody's going to like this message. He says, but for those of you who can see the sign of the times, he says, judge your own lives. Come in repentance. Come in repentance and ask the Lord to help. And he will help us to live this radical message out for others. Join me, he says. Join me. It won't always be an easy journey or one that brings peace. It will sometimes bring discomfort. It is a challenging message. It is at times a challenging way to live and not everybody is going to enjoy it. But it is the message of hope and the future if we live it out together. Is that okay?